0: bless you simon thanks for sharing your heart it's good to be here isn't it it's good to be here you had to say that didn't you but it is good and it is good great obviously you at home uh, it's great to have you with us Um, but it's great to be here in the room and uh, to see some young people so good on you guys and i just pray you're blessed and god speaks to you as well actually i think uh My message today, really, Simon speaking about being in the wilderness. Um, uh, There is something about emerging from the wilderness. I think there's some words for you here today about how God has perhaps looked after us in the wilderness and is going to help us to emerge from that wilderness, certainly as the church and hopefully as this church. Um, Actually, calling me Father, um, it kind of ties in with my sermon in that Uh, I am realising that I am getting older and uh, there's more stuff to look back on now. And that, again, ties in with my uh, talk looking back. But at the start of this, um, hopefully this is still a quiz. I've put some visuals together and there's a quiz here where the answers should come up after the visuals. But I know the format for online may have had to change, so I don't know that the answers may have come up. With the visuals. You'll see what I mean in a minute. So, ah, oh, well done, well done, Adam. So, we've got a little quiz here looking back over every decade of my life. Okay, so it starts around the 80s. <laughs> I wish. It starts in this decade. And what I'm gonna give you, looking back, folks, is um, guess the year. Okay, guess the year. We won't call out for answers, but you online and give yourselves a point for everyone you get right. And I'm gonna start with an easy one. What was the year? Okay. I don't think we're allowed to call out, so um, it was 90, there you go. Well done, Marjorie, do you remember that one? I don't, I don't remember it, I was only one years old, but start with an easy one, and of course you'll all know that the Euro football tournament's upon us, and you're all revelling in that, you can't wait, I know, I know. Okay, carrying on then, when was this, when did this come out? Any guesses? Have a guess, see what you think. Go on then, let's have the answer, Adam. Who do you think? You are kidding, mister. You remember that? There we go. Sing along. You can sing at home. You can't sing in the room, but you can sing at home. Okay, next one. I think we're into the 70s here. Wow. When did they win Eurovision? It's just been the Eurovision uh, Eurovision Song Contest. I'm sure, again, we were all watching it. Great, great show. It was, thanks, Adam. Is it Adam or I don't know whether it's, it's James over here. Okay, 1974, Waterloo. Okay carrying on then through the 70s next one. Oh, when did Maggie get elected do you know that first woman prime minister I remember that very significant okay whether you like it or not it was very significant it was 1979 there you go on into the 80s this was the decade this was the decade of consequence. when was when was that royal wedding and that dress can you remember yeah you're not allowed to call out Marjorie behave yourself will you Honestly, sorry, folks, it's pandemonium in here. Okay, it was 1981, carrying on through the 80s. What a great album that was, Thriller. When did Michael Jackson bring out Thriller? I wonder if you've got any ideas. It was 82, another good year. Okay, start a sixth form for me, wow, good times. Carrying on then, into the 90s. When was Nelson, you see, there's some, you know, some serious stuff as well as Eurovision and... When was Nelson Mandela released? I wonder if you can remember that. Let's see. Thanks very much, James. Uh, Danny, 1990. Okay, I think one more in the 90s. So now, when was it called Britannia and Tony, a young Tony Bear? Have you seen him lately? He's getting older, isn't he, as well? We're all getting older. Uh, It was 97. Rattling off now, so we don't take too long. When was the remake... This is for the Doctor Who nerds among us. When, did, when was the remake of Doctor Who? It came back after a breaks of decades. It was, in fact, 2005. And do you remember this? Do you remember the invention of the next one? The Wii. Do you remember the Wii being invented? And, like, it was, like, all round. They kept showing photos of old people's homes because it was kind of getting, helping old seniors to be interactive. I think she's playing the baseball there. 2006. Thank you, Danny. And a couple more... This was, I do apologise, back to sport, the World Cup Vuvuzelas. Do you remember the Vuvuzelas? Any ideas when that was? It was 2010, and I think this is the last one. Oh, oh, when was that one? When did we vote to come out then? Thank you, Danny. 2016, there you go, okay. So, wonder how many points you got prize in each household to the winners so I am conscious that uh, you're getting older we're getting older there's more to look back on Um, I'm on a sports whatsapp with a few folks and um, and I realize you know talking looking back at tournaments I remember more than some of the younger guys we're just conscious aren't we of moving on but there is a need reflection looking back is healthy It informs the present. It inspires our future. And it's actually very biblical because all over Israel, for example, there were piles of stones that looked something like this, perhaps. And Israel, anytime something significant happened, the Lord commanded there was a pile of stones so that people could ask, what mean these stones? I did uh, say to the band whether we could do the hymn, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, in which is that great line, Here I raise my Ebenezer. It's the rock of help. Thus far has the Lord helped us. We see it in the New Testament. Folks looking back and remembering Stephen in his speech in Acts 7. Paul time and again goes into a place and recites Israel's history and, of course, the Lord instituted communion for us. So why is that? It's because we forget. We forget that God has helped us. We forget what he's done for us in the past. And so God wants us to proactively remind ourselves. And we're going to look at Deuteronomy in the next couple of weeks. We're going to look back. I'm doing that this week. And next week, Erica is going to look forward. And Israel, in this book, was emerging from the wilderness, actually. Deuteronomy. They're there on the verge of the promised land. They're on the verge of something good. Wouldn't you like to believe, folks, here in this fellowship, in this town even in this nation, in the church, that we're on the verge of something good. And so we're encouraged to look back in Deuteronomy and then look forward. And the ultimate purpose of this is seen right near the end of the book of Deuteronomy in verses 19 and 20 of chapter 30. If we could put those up. Thanks, Danny. Right at the end of the book... Moses says, This day I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. So Israel is encouraged here. I don't think there's another one for that reading, is there? So Israel is encouraged here to choose life. This is what it's all leading up to, this looking back and looking forward. Choose life and the Lord is your life. So effectively what Israel is encouraged to do here is choose God. And folks, I believe we need to keep on a daily basis choosing God. Keep looking to him. Keep asking him, Lord, what are you saying now? trying to discern his will, deciding daily for him, deciding for him in every situation. If we'll do that, I believe with my whole heart, there may be just small decisions now, a small seeking him, a reading his word, a praying, a coming before him, a trying to remain in him, like I said last week. But over time, that lifestyle will lead to us flourishing. There'll come a godly order to our lives. Things will come into alignment. We'll flourish. There'll be well-being, shalom. And I believe as well, folks, it will get us through crises. That seeking him, that choosing him daily will get you through a crisis. Let me ask you, are you facing tough times right now? Are you facing even a crisis Well, ask yourself, what are you saying, Jesus, right now? Because if you will listen and do that and walk that through, you will emerge. And society, of course, then, is emerging from a wilderness as Simon shared. Coronavirus, stay at home. We've been in unknown territory. And perhaps it's good for us to look back on this season particularly, but maybe even on our lives. And I'm going to just look at some lessons there might be in Deuteronomy for us. What has God been saying? What is he asking us to do in our life groups uh, in the next couple of weeks? uh, Karen and Erica have prepared just some great questions for us to look at these issues looking back and looking forward. And I just really encourage those of us that uh, participate in our small groups, life groups, to really engage with this, make ourselves vulnerable. If it's been tough, let's tell one another it's been tough so that we can support one another. So some lessons here from Deuteronomy. And I'm going to try and go through these quick enough. Firstly, Israel was given a gentle push. Look at what Deuteronomy 1, verses 5 to 7 say. This is back when Israel reached the verge of Canaan the first time around. And Moses says, as he looks back, he says, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, that is Sinai, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, break camp and advance. God said, to Israel, It's time to move on. You see, I remember a preacher, uh, Steve Thomas, came and preached here and he used this phrase, and I think there's a lot of truth in it. Where you settle, you die. Now there are good things about settling. We are called to settle in places and learn contentment and find ourselves in a good place, but not when the Lord is trying to move us on. Where we settle, we die. And Genesis 11, an interesting passage, it talks about Terah, Abraham's father. And he settled in Haran, even though scripture perhaps implies he was to move on to Canaan. Have you noticed? God is always growing us. He's always giving us a bit of a nudge to move forward. It's like the eagle that stirs up the nest and pushes the the young eaglets out so they learn to fly. Folks, God wants us to fly. We're to grow in faith. And sometimes he gives us, doesn't he, a gentle nudge. I have to say, sometimes I think he gives us a kick up the rear. Because he's told us enough times and it's time to move on, to step out. In faith. I wonder if that speaks to some of us. Is God nudging us? I do wonder, as I was preparing and just praying through this message, whether some of us the encouragement is to move on from past hurts. It's time to move on. It's not denying that that they did you wrong. It's not denying how deep that pain goes. But let me tell you, forgiveness does wonders. It covers bitterness, where we let go of pain and hurt. So God gives Israel a gentle push. Secondly, there were wonderful promises. Wonderful promises. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8, says this. Again, God speaking. Moses saying, I have given you this land. Go in. And take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your forefathers. I have given you this land. Israel had a wonderful inheritance. Land, the phrase in fact, I have given you land is repeated 40 times in Deuteronomy. And the phrase, go in and take possession, is repeated about the same number of times. God wants Israel to know, my people, I have a wonderful inheritance for you. Friend in the room here, friend at home, you in God have a good future. In a sense, I don't care what there is behind God. Has a good future. He can deal with the past. He can unravel some of that. He can bring healing to it in order that we move on into our inheritance. And this promise was over Israel. And God knows we need to remind ourselves of the promises sometimes. The book, the name Deuteronomy, it comes from uh, two Latin words, Deutero for second, and nomos, for law. The second law. It's because in the book there is a phrase, it talks about the second reading of the law. That's what what it was taken to be, a second reading of the law. As they're on the verge of Canaan there, they hear the law again that they'd heard back in Sinai. Why is that? Because they're likely to forget. And we need to remind ourselves of the promises of God to us. So again, let me ask you, are there some promises you need to take off the shelf and dust down and shine up? Are there some things God has spoken to you in the past, in this season maybe, that haven't come to fruition yet? Well, hold on to them in faith. Holy Spirit, I just pray for all of us listening now. Would you bring to mind any promises you have put on us any destiny you've called us to that we need to mix with faith to go in and take possession of it may just be with a gathering like ours online that's for some of you for some of us now is the time okay moving on thirdly there was some smart Alec plans as they looked back Really interesting. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 22 and 23. It says this. They get to the verge of Canaan. And Moses says this. Then all of you came to me and said. Let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us. And to bring back a report about the route we are to take. And the towns we will come to. The idea says Moses. Seemed good to me. Many commentators suggest. That they didn't inquire of the Lord here. That this was, if you like, acting in human strength and wisdom. And it kind of implies it, I think. I think there's potential this is the case. All of you came to me. It was a bit of a bright idea, I think. And the idea seemed good to me. Well, of course, sending in the spies was their downfall. They'd been told, go in and take possession. Just go in, go in and take possession. And they kind of did they kind of rationalize it here and think, ah, yeah, but we need to check it out first. We need to find out what's happening. No, 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 no. The Lord has said, go in. And I'm going to look after you. Do you remember last week I spoke on remaining? We are to do only what we see the Father doing, as Jesus did. And there will be times in life when it seems wise. When there's an opportunity, it looks sensible to take a certain course of action. And maybe we don't inquire of the Lord or we don't really hear from him. And we act out of that rather than what he has said or is saying. I remember a time at university where um, I came a cropper on this. uh, Our hall of residence uh, at the end of the first year, they had an election for senior student in the following year. And uh, it looked like an opportunity to do good, you know, help the student body in my hall of residence. And, uh, and I had the football vote on my side. I'd run the football team in our hall of residence. So I had all the football vote on my, the football caucus on my side. And I thought, I'll put myself forward for that. You know, a Christian, I'd just become a Christian. That'd be a good thing to do. And then over the summer holiday, I realised, I don't think this is wise and I just became troubled by it. I realised actually all I'd be doing as a senior student really was organising pub crawls for all the students. And I came back to university and the Lord spoke to me very clearly through a passage in Proverbs. It says, have you ensnared yourself by the words of your mouth? Free yourself from the hand of the fowler. And I resigned as senior student. I felt foolish. I was threatened. I remember one of the... Um, First team rugby players coming and speaking to me and saying, you vote, we voted for you. He was about six foot six. He was six foot six. Stretch, we used to call him. So you'll come a cropper on this stuff. But let me tell you, to go back, revisit, undo that, possibly saved my faith. I remember being told of someone, another Christian, who had done exactly the same thing and had kind of drifted from the Lord. So again, let me ask you, have you come up with a smart Alec plan at any point recently? <laughs> Maybe out of desperation you've chased something. Does the Lord want you to undo it? I, I sense in my spirit, I think I'm probably speaking to someone. You need to undo it, because it may well save your faith. There were bright, smart Alec plans. Fourthly, there was unnecessary pain. Deuteronomy verses twenty six and thirty four thirty five of chapter one. But so the spies come back with a report. They say it's really scary. And Moses says, But so you were unwilling to go up, you rebelled. When the Lord heard what you said, he was angry and solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. A whole generation misses its destiny. Because of fear, because of doubt, because of listening to the wrong voices. Friends. Let's not be a generation that miss our destiny. I just don't want to do it. Life's too short. I'm getting too old. It's got to be about him going forward. It must be about laying hold of him. I've known individuals who, like Israel, I think were in rebellion. And let me tell you, they have come from under The protective love of God. And they have suffered unnecessary pain. And it's not pretty. Let's not let that be us. Turn. If that's you, if you sense that's you, you've wandered, you've maybe even become a bit rebellious, turn. Turn back to him. Okay, let's crack on. Fifthly, There was gracious provision. Deuteronomy 2, verse 7. It says, The Lord your God, Moses reminds them, has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. Very briefly, they were provided for materially. There was manna. God is going to provide for us. They were provided for in terms of guidance. There was a cloud, of a pillar, and there was the fire. But they had to follow. And they overcame enemies time and time again in the book of Deuteronomy. God reminds them, I overcame that tribe, I overcame that tribe, I overcame that tribe. Why did he tell them that? Because going into the promised land, they'd need to trust he was going to overcome their enemies. So there was wonderful provision for them. You can trust, we can trust Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Listen, are you facing lack now, but know you're in the will of God? He's going to provide. I promise you, he is going to provide if you're in his will. Again, rattling on. Sixthly, they became a privileged people deuteronomy chapter 4 the end of the looking back session by moses it says has any other people heard the voice of god speaking out of fire as you have and lived has any god ever tried to take for himself one people one nation out of another nation is that the end of that reading again thanks what happened here in the wilderness was this. God forged them by their experience into being one people. I think we have to believe that this whole wilderness experience of the last 12, 14 months has not been for nothing And could it be that right at the heart of it, the reason, a big part of why the Lord has allowed this. I don't think he sent the coronavirus, but I do believe by definition, I think you have to say he's allowed it. And it's been for the glory of his name through his people. He wants to see the name of Jesus lifted up. And maybe he's been forging us as his church. We may not realise it yet. We've not been able to gather fully. So it may not feel like that. But has he been showing us? Has he been teaching us things? Friends, I think it's so important we learn these lessons, that we get hold of what God has shown us, about what it means to be church, about what it means to do relationships properly, about what community means, these key things. Let me say, I long to do church, to do life with those of us who want to commit to lifting up the name of Jesus, to being in deep, loving relationships with one another. Let's not do just Sunday church anymore. Let's not do consumerist church anymore. But let's mean it when we say, you know, the church isn't the building, it's the people. Well, let's make it genuine relationships where we commit to one another and commit to him. I think God wants that for us. And then finally, he promised, looking back, his presence. His presence. Again, Deuteronomy 4, the end of Moses, looking back session. And he says, because God loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them, he brought you out of Egypt by his presence and his great strength. Just the fact that God was with them was enough to get the job done. It was enough to get them out of Egypt And it was going to be enough to get them into their future. God with us, God with you is going to be enough. It will get you to where God wants you to be. He's going to be with you. He is called Emmanuel, God with me, God with you. Moses knew this was key. Look at Exodus 33. This is his prayer. God, uh, Moses says to God, will you go with us? And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Just the presence of God with them was going to guarantee shalom, rest. He was going to get them to a place where enemies were overcome, where difficulties, trials, were overcome, and where they would know, rest. Now they'd face times like that again, but he was going to come through for them. And then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I believe we are to seek the presence of God with us. Now in one sense, if you're a believer, you know God is with you. He's in us, but I think it helps to have the assurance of his presence and be experiencing his favour, him acting on our behalf. So we're to seek his presence individually. How do we sow into? Are we sowing into knowing him with us? Are we coming aside day by day, hopefully, to find time to pray and just meet with him and hear from him. And are we doing that corporately? Now listen, online is, is what we can do at the moment. But I want to encourage you, being in the room is good. Meeting with his people, is good to see faces here this morning that I've not seen. I said to James on the AV, I, we've not seen each other face to face for 14 months. I've seen him on a couple of Zoom calls, he reminded me of that. But face-to-face is different. In-person is different. So I want to encourage this. I understand some of us are cautious and, and, and you need to go with that and just be careful. I understand that. But God, bring about the time when we can be together again. Why? Because you love to dwell with your people. He loved to dwell in the midst of his people at the tabernacle. And he loves to dwell amongst his people now. You can sign up straight after this service. Lines will be open. If you've been this week and you want to come next week, log on on Thursday and it is still spaces. I think that's the cutoff point. If there's still spaces, sign on again because it means you can come. It's great to be in the room. Deuteronomy 4, verses 39 and 40. This is the end of Moses looking back. And he says then, in the light of all that, acknowledge And take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven, above and on the earth below. There is no other. Keep his decrees and commands, which I am giving you today, so that it may go well with you and your children after you, and that you may live long in the land the Lord your God gives you for all time. I think Moses is saying two things here in this looking back. Firstly, he's saying, God is God. The Lord is God in heaven. There are no others. God is good. Sorry, God is God. And secondly, God is good. It would be awful, wouldn't it, if God was God, but he wasn't good and loving. But he is. And Moses has reminded Israel, in all of this looking back, He's been good to us. He's been good to us. It does us good to be reminded. He's been good. We're going to have a reflection in a minute to look back and remind ourselves of the goodness of God. He has been faithful. And he will be faithful going forward. I'm going to invite the band back up. And... uh, We're going to sing this great song. I just think this has been such a a song God has used. The goodness of God. I'm going to suggest we just stay seated, actually, and receive this as a kind of reflection song to acknowledge and affirm the goodness of God. And then after this, I'm going to lead us in a short time of reflection to look back. So let's sing this song. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, Father, we just bless you for your goodness. We confess, we rejoice this morning that we have a God who is God, and we declare you now to be God. When you declare that in in your heart, perhaps, maybe you want to do it out loud. You are God. You're God over that situation. You are God. You're God. No, this hasn't caught you unaware. You are in, still in charge. You still have the authority. You are still Lord. But we confess as well, Lord, that you are good. Ha. You've been so kind. Lord, you've shown us such mercy when we didn't deserve it. Man, if it had been up to us, Lord, we'd have been out on our ear. But you have forgiven us time and time and time again. Mighty is the blood that flows from Calvary's cross. And we praise your name and we thank you. And we come into the presence of that God. And I'm just going to take us through those headings I used again. and As a way of looking back, as a way of reminding ourselves. Why don't you just come before the Lord, just be open to his spirit speaking to you. And you respond. So let me ask you, has God been giving you a gentle push. How are you doing with that? Are you digging your heels in? I just get the picture in one of these cartoons of someone trying to push someone and someone leaning back and digging their heels in. Maybe that's you. Hey, go with the flow. Just feel I need to remind one or two of us his purposes are good, you know. He's not going to push you into something that's going to hurt you. Let me ask, are there promises over your life that you need to get down off the shelf and give a bit of a shine to? This sermon spoke to me, it's encouraged me, it challenged me as I was preparing, but it's, I thought this particularly is for me. There are promises over my life, there are things I'm after, things that I believe God's laid on my heart. And let me tell you, I said to Ali this morning, it's been so long. It's just been so long. Well, that's okay, isn't it? Because that's a biblical refrain. How long, O oh Lord? How long? But the seeds that's planted, even though it can look like winter, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. It's going to grow. Life is going to come for you. Hang on to the promise. Maybe you need to act on it. Mix it with faith. Step out. Do something. What about our plans We live in a very capable society, folks, and we can plan stuff and make it happen. But there may be things we need to revisit and undo. The Lord's going to go with you if you need to do that. Don't you worry. Maybe you need to take someone with you to undo it. But undo it. If you've stepped into something that hasn't been the Lord's will for you, Ali and I, as part of our marriage prep actually, were given the analogy that it's a bit like a slalom race. You know, God wants you to ski every flagpole and revisit things. And, you know, it may have been about forgiveness, I don't know, but do you need to revisit something and ski that flagpole. Has there been unnecessary pain? Are we wandering? Does it feel like you're in a wilderness right now and it's got nothing to do with coronavirus? It's the fact we've not followed the Lord's leading. He's waiting with open arms. The father waited for the son to return and he's going to run to meet you when you come back. Don't you worry. But I want to encourage you, brother, sister, friend, why don't you come back? Don't suffer unnecessary pain. As you look back, can you see the Lord's provision for you? Maybe circumstantially, he's orchestrated circumstances. Do you know, I think the first thing you can do here, give thanks. Because he may not be able to lead us into what he has for us until we appreciate what we already have. But as you see the Lord's provision again, it does mean you can trust him for the future. Just thank him. Thank him. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. He's forging a loving people. As this season, Helped us to appreciate again relationships, maybe particular relationships, but maybe just relationships generally. Why don't you give thanks for the relationships you have, for the family you have? Give thanks for the support of friends. And here's the thing. Why don't you commit to being the friend you want to have? And then finally, have you known God's presence with you? Why don't you thank him for being with you? Why don't you thank Him for having looked after you? But let's seek Him for more of His presence. So, Lord, as we look back, we declare that you have been faithful. And on the basis of your faithfulness, your goodness, as best we can, Lord, we say to you, we will trust you as we move forward. We just ask that your presence would go with us thank you that we have the promise that in Jesus it will and we pray all this in his wonderful precious name Amen